0: Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never want to add to your already long to-do list. We just want to help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey guys, this is Julie Richard here and I have a special guest today. I'm so excited to introduce to you our family counselor, Dr. Chris Thurman. Dr. Thurman is a licensed psychologist with a doctorate in counseling psychology from Hook'em Horns, the University of Texas. He's been married to his wife Holly for 40 years and um, they have adult kids and grandkids. He is a counselor, as I mentioned before, our counselor, and he's a speaker as well as an author. And I cannot wait to tell you guys about his new book, but the book that I refer to a lot, particularly in the Own Your Mind business series, is The Lies We Believe. I, I can't I can't recommend that one enough, and I know that we're going to love stop his new book. I'm going to let you say the title because I love it so much. So, Dr. Thurman, first, I want to tell you thank you for being here, and I would love for you to tell our moms a little bit about your family, and then we'll jump right into the title of your new book.
1: All right. Well, thank you for having me appreciate being with you. Thank you for that. My family is just awesome. Julie, I don't know what to say about them. They're just the most incredible thing. Uh, I met Holly when we were both students at UT, and uh, we dated for a couple of years and then got married before I finished up my degree, my doctorate at UT. We've got three fantastic kids, just crazy about them, You know, my buttons bust every time I think about these three kids. Um,
0: So fun. Parenting adult kids, man. It's uh, not for the faint of heart, but how fun when you enjoy them.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, uh, it's a wonderful thing to enjoy your kids like. uh, I've got a son, Matt, who's uh, 37. A daughter, Ashley, who is like her old man. She's a psychologist in private practice. And then I have a uh, youngest who is 33. Um, I'm sorry, 31. She would shoot me for forgetting that.
0: Right. Don't make who her older. She's a
1: NICU nurse in New York City. Um, so uh, just great kids. And I've got three grandkids. And I mentioned earlier that I'm headed up to New York City this week to bounce uh, my grandson, Luke, on the first time.
0: Oh, I'm so excited for you. What, what fun to get to go up there. Um, now, I mentioned that you wrote a new book, and it um, by the time we publish this, it will have just released, so everybody can get their hands on it. Tell us the title.
1: The title is Stop Shooting All Over Yourself.
0: <laughs> Stop Shooting All Over Yourself. You may have even, I literally may have used that um, in a session in "Own Your Mind" business, I, Mac, and I um, have thrown that around quite a bit, and we will, though. You know, especially now that it's official and the book is out, we will always give you credit, Dr. Thurman. But well, thank yeah, you. we. We, we appreciate that, but it's so clever, and I believe it speaks right to the heart of moms, particularly after this year that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, the year of, uh, I don't know what, I don't know how we will look back on this, but I know as a mom, we um, all struggle with mom guilt, and so mom guilt has been around forever. But I believe, particularly as we look back over the last 15 months, as we the series that we're in, Dr. Thurman is called Parenting Forward. As we all parent forward, back to what we refer to as pre-pandemic operations (PPO) pre-pandemic. So we're moving into this post-pandemic world, and I, I do believe it's going to be different, a little different from pre-pandemic, but. I have a tendency, I know, and I feel like I'm not alone, to look back on this last 15 months and say, oh, I wish I had done this during those 15 months, or if I'd only known I I would have done it this way, and I should have spent more time doing this, or I should have taken advantage of this time to do this. And I can already feel um, that I'm rolling around in the should, you know, as as I move forward. And so I think you the timing of this book is so incredible, particularly for moms. And um, now before we even get to that, can you tell me as a professional with a private practice, what you've seen, any trends, any, anything that maybe? uh, you feel like moms could hear and feel um, like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one. We've had a lot of moms, they've been feeling overwhelmed, a lot of anxiety, um, depression, everyone's exhausted, uh, maybe from the isolation. What have you seen?
1: Well, I have seen that. I have seen a lot of people feeling overwhelmed by the additional strain and stresses that have gone along with the the pandemic. Uh, I have seen people um, struggle pretty mightily with a lot of self-criticism, you know, they are supposed to handle this flawlessly or, you know, at an A++ level. So yes, in my practice, um, amongst my friends, I have seen this kind of um, assault on our emotional well-being just from this perspective of I should handle things so much better. I should have anticipated that. I should have have known that was coming. I shouldn't have responded that way. Uh, I think the enemy markets in shame and condemnation, and this whole notion of should and shouldn't certainly feeds into that.
0: Oh, I, it's so huge. One of the purposes, one of our, our primary motivations in, in Fearless Mom is to remove shame and isolation. Mm-hmm. So when you share what you've seen in your practice, it, a mom who may be listening or watching and feeling like I'm the only one is reminded, oh, I'm not the only one. We believe that the enemy can trap you into thinking you're the only one and continue to keep that thought to yourself that's when shame and depression sets in so we believe in bringing everything out into the light and um you know that that's that's what jesus wants to do that's what god wants to do bring it out into the light there's no shame and you say you know that it's really about looking at your thoughts um accurately and not just positively so we we want to look at we will say like you have to acknowledge the cloud before you see the silver lining and so, those negative feelings, we that's something we've really been working on in our home as well as um, in Fearless Mom. So, um, I, I appreciate your saying that. And so, I, I believe your book, The Should and The Shouldn't, you talk a lot about how it is connected to shame. Why are those shoulds and shouldn'ts so deadly? Can you give me a few examples of what you mean by shoulds and shouldn'ts? And then tell us why it's so why it's so damaging
1: why so damaging well one of the more common shoulds is uh tied to perfectionism which is i should never make a mistake okay so that's
0: one yes also are. mentioned in the lies we believe
1: that's right that's right one of the um bigger lies that we talk about in that book is i must be perfect um, so I think when that kind of tape plays in your head, when you walk around thinking that it's not human to err, right. that you should always you know, hit every ball completely out of the park, um, that you should never strike or ground out or whatever, I think that's one of the more common mentalities that a lot of us have. Um, and the reason it leads to so much shame and condemnation is – it's not even doable. So you've, you've got kind of a bar set at a place that you metaphorically can't help but kick it off every time you try to jump over it. So after a while, you get pretty down on yourself as a human being. Right. And back to your earlier thought about feeling isolated in it, you start to think you're the only one that makes that many mistakes, and you're not. Uh, there are people out there that make far more and far fewer Uh, mistakes. But the point is, I shouldn't be human, make mistakes, I should be perfect in everything I do. It's one of the most toxic, toxic of all the lies. And one of the most shaming of all the lies, because it keeps you at odds with accepting your humanness, accepting that you're an imperfect, finite human being, who's probably trying to do the best that you can while you're here on the planet
0: that's so significant and don't you agree that social media just feeds this lie
1: sure yeah Uh, it's not uncommon for people to trot out their perfect lives um although that's you know that bubble is being burst all the time by what we find out later on you bet but so it really does play into, you know, uh, everything needs to be perfect. I need to look perfect. I need to act perfect. Um, and uh, we think that these people's lives are, and they are, they are normal human lives like the rest of us have. You bet. Uh, and we admire the people who are honest enough to say, hey, let me pull the mask off. I'm not going to blow smoke, that my life is somehow some awesome, wonderful, perfect, flawless thing. Those kind of people, especially when they're celebrities, that's really appreciated by the more common man who thinks everything they do, touch, and feel turns to gold all the time.
0: I think so, too. And I I think we, we talk a lot in Fearless Mom about pendulums. And we go from wanting to be perfect to... And this is something we have to find not the balance so much as the rhythm for our family, but Mm -hmm. not just saying like, Oh, we're not perfect. And then our pendulum swings to, Oh, well, that's just, it is what it is. But we find that rhythm and embracing the responsibility. Mm -hmm. I I see that I can't be perfect, but I am going to do my best to equip my child up for his best life. And so it's a, it's a back and forth, but the, the shoulds and shouldn'ts, and particularly because of, and when it's pushed by that perfectionism, and so many moms, we right. go into it with this image, and we feel like our, we have to be perfect for our children, and another, sorry, I keep going back to the lies we believe. I think it's so significant, but <laughs> about the the belief that it's our job to make everyone happy. Right. And I think as moms, especially in this last 15 months, we have had that burden of the additional burden. Yes, I need to make my kids happy, but now I have to make sure my kids know how to log on when they're supposed to. And I need to make sure they're getting enough. Social interaction, but not too much social interaction, and mm-hmm. enough, um, you know, exercise. But you can't be around other people, and I, I think that that has driven so many. So has just contributed to our tendency to feel that mom guilt.
1: Well, you're making a great point, and I think um, the tendency to go one extreme to the other is a real big problem. So this is one extreme. I should be perfect. I should do everything perfectly. The other extreme is to get really sloppy and not keep what you're doing yeah. and do what the Bible would refer to as continue to sin so that grace may abound. So what I teach my clients is what I call excellence, it is like we're to be excellent. We're going to accept that we can't be perfect, but we're not going to tolerate sloppiness or a lack of effort. There's a humorous quote that I like that says, to err is human, but if your eraser wears out ahead of your pencil, you're overdoing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is excellent. And, that is and excellent. I think that's
1: important. Yeah. It's, you know We don't show up and be laissez-faire about it. We give it our best shot. We try really hard. We learn from our mistakes. That's what excellence is all about.
0: That, that, that actually is great. We said we want to cheer you on, but we're also going to challenge you yeah. to be who you're created to be and That's to live right. that in freedom with hope, peace and joy. But as you're working, it, right. it, it does require some work. So what are some of the worst shoulds and shouldn'ts, particularly as it relates to moms?
1: Well, the earlier one, which is I shouldn't make mistakes. I, I, I shouldn't uh, prove that I'm a human being. Um, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier about happiness. Uh, I think moms tend to fall into the idea that I should always keep and make my children happy. Yes, yeah, sir. That's a deadly, deadly should that a lot of moms have because they end up feeling responsible for their children's happiness when they're actually not, okay? We are not responsible for our children's happiness. We are responsible for loving them, raising them up the way they should go so they won't depart from it. Whether or not they're happy along the way is going to be up and down. You know, when you love a kid enough to discipline them, they're not going to be happy but I see far too many moms and dads backing off of that discipline because it'll make my kid unhappy. And my job is to make them constantly happy. So I think that notion of my kids should always be happy. It's my job to make them happy. Therefore I say yes to everything, even if something that I know is bad for them is another one. Um, I think there's another one that plays into a lot of our lives, which is I should always know what I'm doing.
0: Oh my word. That is huge. That is so significant.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of us, it's back to per- and Julie a little bit. Uh, you yes, know, sir. It's, that, it's that notion that I'm having a hard time accepting that I'm finite and that I don't know everything. And therefore, I think I should always know, you know, anticipate something coming down the pike or that I should always be all knowing about related to my kid uh, or that I should just have perfect knowledge and understanding of every dynamic that I'll run into with my child, as opposed to I'm learning on the fly as I go, how my kid is wired, how to parent them well. Uh, so that one's another deadly.
0: That's a huge life. one, I think, because we we try, we work so hard in fearless Moms, Say it's a shame free, judgment free, guilt free zone. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult to say out loud. I don't know what I'm doing, right. especially when it feels like or it looks like everyone else does know. Yes what she's doing and so again the enemy convincing me i'm the only one and then making me embarrassed or ashamed to say it out loud that i don't know what i'm doing it it, that is that's a significant one it keeps us it keeps us from learning it keeps us from growing it keeps us for from asking for help
1: that's right yeah it really does defensive about admitting that we need some instruction that we need some input I, there's another quote that I like. It goes something like this. Uh, God's the only one who knows what he, the rest of us are just faking it.
0: Yes. He's the only one who knows what he's doing. We are all faking it. We we right. say that we are making it up as we go, but we right. are willing to share our experience. Right because our mistakes are only wasted if we keep them to ourselves.
1: Right. And, and thus back again to your earlier point about isolation, that's why it's really important to come together, you know, in a group of people where everybody can be honest. uh, There's a lot less feeling of loneliness and isolation. The enemy has a harder time picking us off one by one. So I do think the more we can take the mask off, keep it real confess to one another what we're struggling with, where we might be in bondage to a certain sinful reaction to our kids or reaction to whomever. Um, yeah, you know, we got to bring it into the light. Uh, the enemy loves the darkness. God loves the light. And so what we can do to bring it into the light is really going to help move the ball down the field.
0: So I have a question when you said we need to gather, we need to, um, you know, share with one another, encourage Mm -hmm. each other, challenge each other, whatever. is there, do you see a difference between, and we are an online community of moms, but we strongly encourage people to find a group of moms wherever they are. And so we do have groups that meet all over, um, actually all over the world, but not everybody can get to a group Mm -hmm. of moms. And we've kind of gotten out of the habit of, being in a group of moms so what's the difference the or do you believe there's a difference i shouldn't assume between an online community uh group of moms versus a face-to-face
1: i think there is a big difference but here's the but I, i think we do the best we can so if it has to be online then it has to be online and nobody needs to apologize for that to the degree that we can be face-to-face it's more powerful it's more relational so people can do it online and do it with great effectiveness and great power and great mutual support so there's nothing to knock about that but face-to-face where you can read each other's body language and kind of sense the emotional context in the group and, and interact that way in a more intimate I think that's just icing on the cake. Uh,
0: I I have to agree with you. And we work with um, a counseling uh, center in Nashville. We don't actually work with the center. David Thomas and Sissy Goff, who are from Daystar Counseling, they've said that's a significant impact on children. Um, that we've seen over the pandemic is that they definitely need to be back face to face as much as possible. And we're right. seeing not just um, children or students, but I believe we're going to see moms who um, I hate to put a label on it because I think sometimes when you put a label, it, it makes people, it, it makes it bigger than it is, but mm-hmm. social anxiety, getting around people again and being around Uh, people because like you said they can read you and we've gotten very accustomed to um you know just seeing people on a screen and so we are that's part of this series that we're doing is acknowledging the transition of going back we all acknowledged the transition it was pretty much everyone in the world had to acknowledge the quick transition into quarantine into isolation because we all experienced it at the same time and to some degree in the same way but then, as we're going back into um, back out of quarantine, I guess is the best way to say it, every area is different, and every family is different, and every school district. And so we, it, it's a different transition to navigate, but it's just as important to acknowledge and um, empower your children to navigate the transition. It's still a transition, even though we're not all doing it at the same time. And we've yeah. got moms who are still um, in areas of the world that are in hardcore lockdown. And we have other moms in areas of the world that it's all over. Like They've, mm-hmm. they've all moved forward and all points in between. So I, I think the, the shoulds and shouldn'ts, not just that we experience during, but especially as we look back on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. can you help me with some, some sentences I should tell myself to help me Um, fight those shoulds and shouldn'ts?
1: Well, this will sound a little bit weird, possibly.
0: I'm okay with weird. I'm good with that. (laughs) And Fearless Mom audience, way used to weird, Dr. Thurman.
1: And we do live in Austin where we are told to keep Austin weird. Keep it weird.
0: Yes, we we are keeping it weird. Yes, we're doing our part here.
1: One of the truths that I teach my clients is what should have happened did.
0: Okay.
1: So when my clients fall into the shoulds, I shouldn't have missed my exit, for example. Okay. Yes. What I try to get them to realize is what you're actually doing is stiff arming reality. Because when you say, I shouldn't have missed my exit, you're referring to a world where people don't miss their exits. And you don't Going have to go back the luxury to the perfectionism. That's right. That's right. You're referring to an ideal world where people always do things perfectly. And I would further add and ask them to think about you should have missed your exit because you were five lanes over and you were on your cell phone not paying a lick of attention.
0: <laughs> Let's look at the reality. Exit?
1: <laughs> How do you make your exit when you aren't paying attention? So I try to get people to address the reality that given what was going on at that time, what should have happened did. Now, it's okay not to like it. I don't tell my clients to like that they missed their exit, but I don't want them stiff arming it. I I wouldn't want a mom to, you know, sit there saying, well, I shouldn't have yelled at my kid. It's like, look, that may sound nice in theory, but given who you are, given that you're in, given that you sometimes lose your cool and given that kids can be really kind of challenging, I'm not saying it's a good thing to lose your cool with your kid, but when you sit there and shoot all over it, yelled at my kid, that totally denies the reality that you did yell at your kid and it's going to keep you from cleaning up on aisle five after you've done it by asking for your child's forgiveness. and so working so again, Right?
0: because that should, I shouldn't have done that. It, we, we're, um, um, just reliving it and right. st- sticking in it and guilt is the enemy of forward progress. That's exactly and so right. that should keeps us there. I love how you put it. Your stiff arming reality, not to get into my counseling session, but <laughs> that may have been mentioned in mine. And I, I can picture that like I'm doing the Heisman, you know, pose. Yeah. to reality. And I think, Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. And when I picture that Heisman, I literally can picture myself doing the Heisman to reality. And that is not productive. And I need to move forward and quit shooting all over myself because guilt is the enemy of forward progress. Okay. I, I, I love that. Now, how how does that, you mentioned it briefly, but Especially when we make mistakes with our children, which yeah. FYI, we all do.
1: Yes, we do. We are
0: working to make fewer, but we all do. That's Doesn't right. mean it's okay, but it does mean it's a reality. And I'll tell you my prayer that I taught the moms Dear God, you parted the Red Sea. Please erase that from her memory. Mm-hmm. How about that one? Is that okay? <laughs> no, Well I, I don't, okay. we don't really think that we don't really think that that we say that tongue in cheek but we say come on now we are doing the best we can we apologize and we move forward and commit to being better the next time
1: well it, it's more than okay but here's the prayer I would want them to make
0: okay go you go with the real one I was just doing one that rhymed
1: dear, <laughs> dear God help me to repair the rupture between me and my kid that i just caused
0: yes that's and, and acknowledge the rupture i think it is so hard for us as moms to acknowledge i just did something that negatively impacted my child that's and right. i have to acknowledge that before i move forward and that is hard
1: that's right and the way because you repair uh, the way you repair a rupture is you own it. You go to your kid and say, hey, I'd like to apologize to you. I just yelled at you. That's my fault. That had nothing to do with you. That's totally on me. It was inappropriate for me to yell at you. I want to tell you I'm sorry that I yelled at you. I'd like to ask you to forgive me. And I want you to know I'm going to work really hard not to yell at you again. That is a complete biblical apology that can help repair the rupture that you caused between you and your kid. And you don't have to rub your face in it at all. Okay.
0: And we're modeling. That's incredible modeling.
1: That's powerful modeling that the kid can hopefully internalize and thus 20 years later, that's what they say to their own
0: kids. You bet. And, and it's that Gary Chapman, the apology language, the, you know, all that we, we, we love a five layer dip better than just a regular dip. And so all of those layers of that apology um, are all in there. And so much more productive than um, just pretending it didn't happen or trying to repair with an ice cream can.
1: Yes, because the kid's natural bent is to think that they were somehow the reason for the behavior that we threw at them. And if we don't go in there and let them know this had nothing to do with you, this was not your fault. Well, mom, I poured grape juice on the new Berber carpet. I know. That's not why I yelled at patient person. I yelled at you because I don't have control over my anger. So you you totally own the behavior on your end and, and you let them know that it did not have anything to do with them and that you are not going to blame them for yelling. Well, I wouldn't have yelled at you if you hadn't spilt grape juice right, on the Berber right. carpet. Like, no, 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 no. That's blaming your kid for your own immaturity, your own lack of full depth as a human being so we need to clean up on aisle five every day multiple times a day um and just really work hard to grow in christ and become a more mature parent spouse friend uh just all those areas that we have roles in
0: because that the the shooting happens in every relationship and so that entire process of apologizing it works for any relationship. It works in marriage. It works in friendships. It works at work. It works um, with our children um, yes. to assume responsibility and not just not, not act like it didn't happen. Right. Not just uh, because the truth of the matter is as much as I want to say, Oh man, wish I had a do over. I don't have a do over. Really. It happened. And right. I have to acknowledge that. And I trust Romans eight twenty eight that God can cause all things to work together right. for good Right. Not if I believe that about myself, I have to believe it about my child. I have to believe it about other people. Right. That is so great. And so if I continued to should all over myself, if I continue to live in the shoulds and the shouldn'ts, um, it, that does negatively impact my children.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: how, wh- what is that? How, how could that negatively impact If I see that and we don't want a parent out of fear, but and then I want you to take us where we want to go, what we do want to teach them.
1: Right. it well, impacts the kids because we're modeling something for them that's unhealthy, which is the route of shame and condemnation. Um, so we, we want to practice in front of them a parent who doesn't use those words. We, we want to learn to say... We, we want to learn like, mommy shouldn't have done that because that's mommy talking about a perfect world again.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: We want to be able to say it was wrong of mommy to do that, sweetheart.
0: Okay. That's a significant one because yeah. that's, it's um, okay. We, we talk a lot about vocabulary. And, yeah. and if we can just we don't want to add to mom's to do list, we just want to help you be intentional with what you're already doing. All and right. so it's a small tweak that yes. actually changes what we're teaching our children. So what That's I right. would likely say is, oh, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have yelled at you. But I apologize, I won't do it next time. But actually. Tell me the language one more time that I should say.
1: Yeah, it was wrong of me to do that. It was wrong
0: of me to do that. It was
1: wrong of me to do that. Not I shouldn't have done it because that doesn't make it go away. So it was wrong of me to do that. I'm sorry that I did it. I'd like to ask for your forgiveness. Okay. And I want you to know I'm going to work really hard not to or do not that. to do
0: it again. Okay, mm-hmm. so it was wrong of me to do that is better than I should not It totally makes sense now. Now I'm going to yeah. catch myself. I say that all the time. And it's a small tweak that it's totally very, changes yeah. how we look at it.
1: It's a small tweak with huge implications for future interactions with your kids. Now, the other side of that coin, Julie, is to make sure we're not shooting on our kids. And okay. that's why we, we don't say to them, You shouldn't have shoved your sister. Okay.
0: Right. We don't say that.
1: We say Okay, tell me
0: help me with the words to say.
1: Okay, you say something like this, it was wrong of you to shove your sister. Because that's focusing on their behavior, not their character.
0: Okay, and it's a choice. We really use the word choice a lot. Any right. feeling's okay to feel, but you choose your action, you choose That's your behavior. Right. So yep. you're empowering them with that uh, awareness of choice. Okay, That's right. so, so, you, you so it was wrong of kid. you.
1: It, it, son, it was wrong of you to shove your sister. In this family, we don't put our hands on anybody. I'd like for you to go apologize to her and ask for her forgiveness. Got it. And I want to challenge you to not shove her again. Otherwise, I'm going to be back in your wonderful presence, helping you to not go the direction that you are currently going, which will be to your demise if you don't stop. (laughs)
0: Right, (laughs) Right. So you just
1: get them to practice the proper apology. And, you know, kids are not going to actually feel that way. But you you fake it. Oh, but you we're, make training. It. we're training,
0: we're training them up right. in the way they should go, and that's right. you know, then they want. So we we don't wait until they feel like apologizing. That's right. We yeah. have to teach them healthy habits. So okay. Oh my word, I I'm not going to shoot all over myself, <laughs> but I <laughs> have never thought about this terminology, and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably need to re-record 48 of my 64 <laughs> videos, uh, but that's okay. From from this moment forward, I am going to use this language. I'm going to be so much more aware. Vocabulary is so significant.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. It's it's huge. What words we use, and to some people's ears, Julie, it sounds like we're just being too, you know, we're making much ado about nothing. But we're not. Words matter, and there's a huge difference between you shouldn't have shoved your sister and you did shove your sister, and I don't want you to do that again, please go apologize to her and ask her to forgive you. So that's, that's a huge interaction shift between two siblings or a parent and a child or even two spouses,
0: right? You bet. And I, I think words are so important, particularly because, as I said, one of our big deals is just, just be intentional. And so when you recognize the significance of words, you just are intentional with your new vocabulary. We say that all the time about, I feel depressed versus I am depressed. I yeah. feel, we, we want yeah. to um, separate that, that being verb from, yeah. you know, the, the feeling. And so we're all about tiny tweaks, you know, yeah. and, and so that, this is a significant one. And I'm really, <laughs> my mind is reeling right now about all the time <laughs> I, should, I should have said it. I'm not going to say that.
1: Can we do another tweak verbally? Yes, sir. I want us to work on the following as well to our words. I want us to try to shift from I shouldn't have missed my exit to I wish I hadn't missed my exit.
0: Okay. Stop right there and let me think about that. I shouldn't have missed it is what we don't want, but I wish I hadn't have. That's Two right. different things. Okay, talk about that a little bit, please. That's well, a little tweak, but it's different.
1: It's a little tweak, but again, occasions are huge. Um, the former is shaming. I shouldn't have missed my exit. Is basically you taking yourself human and missing your exit.
0: Oh, wait, you, lo- you froze a little bit, so I'm going to ask you to say that sentence again. Sorry. Yeah,
1: the, the former approach, I shouldn't have missed my exit, is you shaming yourself. Okay. Taking yourself out behind the woodshed for being human. Got it. Yes, sir. The latter approach, I wish I hadn't missed my exit, is much more compassionate.
0: Much more compassionate.
1: Having compassion for yourself that you missed your exit because nobody wants to miss their exit, and now you're going to need to go down and find a turnaround. So people to shift over to, I wish I hadn't missed my exit. Okay. Yes, I wish sir. I hadn't yelled at my kid. I wish I hadn't lost my, you know, the, the Lord doesn't require anything other than that that was not what I would have preferred to do. Uh, you know, and, and that's yes, back sir. to Paul's statement, that which I don't want to do, I do, and that which I don't want to do, or I do, I don't want to do. However, that said, you know, it's just shift to the word, I wish I hadn't been late for the meeting.
0: Okay, okay. I love that, again, tiny thing, but it changes the way we're thinking, which changes the way we're feeling, which changes the way we act. Um, right. I, I love these tiny tweaks, and I, I, I think this is so significant because I, well, guys, as I mentioned before, uh, he is my counselor. We may or may not have had some of these conversations before. I may live in the world of should and shouldn't have. And you know, as as your children get older, Uh, when my kids were little, and they had trouble going to bed, I obviously looked at what I had done wrong during the day to make them that way. I think we start out that way when they're newborns, they're crying, like, uh, what do I need to do to help? And, and we take on so much of that appropriately responsibility, but it just grows. And then we we have to learn how to separate our identity from our child's identity and our feelings from our child's feelings and right. my responsibility versus my child's responsibility. Right. And, and it's, it's easier said than done, right?
1: Easier said than done, but most everything of true importance spiritually, psychologically, relationally is in that category. It's all easier said than done, but it's really important to get, put our hand on the plow and work really hard to keep making progress uh, because that's what life is about. It's about progress. We're not going to be perfect anytime that we're down here, but we can move toward the mark of perfection. We can get better. We can become more excellent along the way. So
0: yes, sir. I love that. Well, it's almost time for us to wrap up. And so I want to wrap up with a quick this or that. Okay. Okay. And so it's just, it, and if you feel the need to explain your answer, which I often do, I <laughs> like to put more words in there, but do not feel like you have to, you can just give me the quick answer. Okay. As we sign All right. off. All right. So this or that beach or mountains?
1: Uh beach,
0: burger or pizza, pizza, early bird or night owl
1: used to be night owl. Now I'm an early bird
0: saver or spender
1: uh, always been a saver
0: fast food or fine dining
1: fine dining
0: boots and jeans or shorts and flip flops
1: shorts and flip flops
0: adventure or familiar familiar <laughs> wait I like how you shook your head <laughs> familiar
1: to a fault to where you know I, I sometimes won't go out my outside my comfort zone you know uh, and, uh, try things new, try new things. So <laughs> I
0: love little, that. little bit of Okay. A problem. Here it's, it's not a problem. I'm saying that because I feel the same way. <laughs> so <laughs> I clearly don't see it as a problem. Um, okay. James, JT is JT James Taylor or JT Justin Timberlake? Uh, James Taylor. Yes, James Taylor, we always date ourselves there, I think, when we get there. Well, I just wanted our our, uh, moms to get to know you just a little better. Certainly, um, we definitely want to pick up that book. Can you tell us one more time where we can get our hands on it? Give us the title and let us know where we can get it.
1: It's called uh, Stop Shooting All Over Yourself. The subtitle is Making the Journey from Condemnation to Compassion. Love it. So that's the subtitle. Uh, it's supposed to be listed on Amazon this week as a pre order. And it's okay. supposed to come out May 31st. In okay, terms great. Of being so, a, uh,
0: excellent. So by the time um, our moms hear this podcast, then it'll be available on Amazon. And I cannot wait, and we hope to have you back on because, guys, we are just scratching the surface of Dr. Thurman's vast knowledge. You should hear what he has to say about emotional needs in marriage. I just, I, I pretty much teed you up there, so you have to come back now.
1: It would be my absolute pleasure to come back.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your sharing um, all this insight with us. And we cannot wait to read more about how not to should all over ourselves. Thanks so much. Thank you. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.